is Killstreak. Greetings, French fur trappers. It's Killstreak, episode 126. I'm Eric Gosselin. Joining me here, as always, Mr. Mike Price. How are you doing, Mike? I'm pretty good. Uh, midday record! Yeah, so po- apologies for this late uh, record. We initially were, were supposed to record on Sunday night, at, which is our usual time, uh, but Mike had internet troubles and didn't have internet until, like, middle of the night. And then uh, shit just kept getting more fucked up from there, and here we are. It's almost entirely my fault. I'll own this one. <laughs> um, you know, we all make mistakes sometimes, even even me, folks. Even Mike, the infallible Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but here we are, and uh, we're here to talk about Prey today, the, new, the newest film in the Predator series. Just came out. It's on Hulu, if you have that. Uh, here in the states, I, I think it's on other it's, places. It's other Disney places. Plus almost everywhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting choice for Disney Plus. Well, so the deal like that the deal with that is that Hulu doesn't exist in most other countries. So mm-hmm. Disney Plus is just the catch-all for everything owned by Disney, including 20th Century Fox oh, and all of that right. stuff. It is 20th Century Fox, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. I forgot that Disney owns everything now. Yeah. Although, I, are they even called 20th Century Fox anymore? Are they just Fox now? I don't know. I'm not sure, actually. Okay. Well, Good I'll, question. We'll find out. That's something we can figure out. Um, yeah, let's get straight to business here. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than to say that uh, Mike and I participate in a disc golf tournament god damn it <laughs> you, you know we could have just we were clear we were clear of the intro we could have just moved forward could have moved forward but we didn't i got last place dead last in the entire tournament <laughs> yeah you even got a, a cheeky little nod yes. from the tournament organizer in I the did. in I the had, results had really, email really really bad round but what can you do yeah live and learn I was, was I. Tough. I accomplished my one goal, which was to beat you and Josh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Josh was second to last. I he think. was. I actually managed to beat two other people in our division. So I was still fifth to last out of thirty odd <laughs> competitors. It was <laughs> one of the one of the hardest physical things I've had to do in a while because it was eight thousand feet up on yeah. a mountain. Yeah, and I think if if my memory serves, we we hiked. More than a thousand feet in elevation, both days in a row. Yeah, uh, both days. Yeah, we did. According to my pedometer, we did a, a, over forty floors both days. Yeah, it was intense. Friday, Saturday, it was intense. Anyway, here we are. People who, uh, the characters in this movie would probably not bat an eye on <laughs> physical labor. <laughs> uh, yeah, very true. Um, so pray is well like let's let's before we talk about the movie the merits of the film um let's talk about the sort of odd circumstances surrounding the release of this movie yeah um so i feel like one of the big questions on the internet 
in the week after this came out and started getting very positive reviews was why is this movie not in the theater? I wrote it in my notes. Like this movie absolutely I'm not even saying what I feel about the movie, mm-hmm. but this, this is a movie. Yes. This is an actual movie. It is a, a, a cinema it is a cinema experience. It's a full fledged feature film. Yeah. Um so very briefly, there's a there's a very there's a pretty short answer to this. And uh would you be shocked to know it's about money? <laughs> mm. Would not be shocked. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that this all happened in, was it, I think, even in the same week as all of this HBO Max stuff? Um, I think so, yeah. That it was released? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. For people who aren't, like, really wonky about Hollywood stuff, basically the, one of the big stories had been that HBO Max uh, has been... Basically, all of Warner Brothers, which owns HBO Max, was bought out by Discovery, uh, mm-hmm. Discovery Networks, which is myself included. I feel like a lot of people hear that and they go, well, "Wait, isn't what? Warner Brothers way bigger than Discovery?" Yeah, and the answer is no, it's not. No, in fact, it's it's significantly smaller. Um, there's still a lot of money in what we would call terrestrial TV, like cable TV. And and Discovery owns all of the TV channels, basically. Yeah, basically. Um, it's like Food Network and Discovery itself History and Channel. Travel Channel, History Channel, all that yeah. shit. True TV. So, you know, I those shows like Impractical Jokers or whatever, that's like one of the five most popular shows on all of cable. It's like, yeah, you know. Man, it's funny to use them as an example because it's a show I've seen zero of zero yeah. minutes of and it is astronomically popular yeah my younger brother watches it that's all i know yeah um i bet it's funny like i no no shade on any of those dudes it's yeah really nice i watched like half of one episode it's funny it's also very cringy it's like hard yeah. in the in that sort of curb your enthusiasm way it's like hard to watch because they're doing real embarrassing things in real life and it's like ah, uh, <laughs> very uncomfortable anyways um, yeah, so the Discovery WB stuff was basically the president of Discovery Networks is taking over all of HBO Max and has made it very clear in the public forum that he doesn't really give a shit about creativity or art. It's just about what is making them money. Um, and so they're like talking about canceling a bunch of things. They caught a lot of flack for mm-hmm. shelving the Batgirl movie, which was basically which is already done. done. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fucking nuts. So anyway, really weird. This all, they, they, it sort of... T- you know, at least tangentially, this stuff ties in. So what you need to know, basically, and, and to confirm it, is 20th Century Studios. They dropped the fox. They dropped the fox. Okay. Yes. Um, so Prey was a 20th Century Studios production. All of the Predator movies have been 20th Century productions. Um, so Disney, about three years ago, bought 20th Century Fox, folded it in, it became 20th Century Studios, so that's why now we have, um, you know, Hulu, which carries a bunch of 20th Century Fox stuff, is owned by Disney, uh, as is everything on Disney Plus, and uh, on the other. So that's like one of the huge, huge players in all of Hollywood in streaming and film and TV and everything is Disney over on one side, and then on the other side you have this Discovery HBO Max behemoth, right? So before. Disney bought 20th Century Fox, they had a deal between Fox and Hulu, or not Hulu, sorry, Fox and HBO Max, that all 20th Century movies, like theatrical releases, 
first streaming debut is on HBO Max, mm-hmm. right? So if you're big, uh, so for instance, The Batman uh, would mm-hmm. be a great example, right? The Batman is a movie uh, that is technically owned, uh, I think, is, is that? Yeah, it's 20th Century Fox, right? So that, no, Batman's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yeah. yeah. What's a big... I'm trying to think of a big 20th century release of the last couple of years. Uh, um. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's hard. To, it's a, Yeah, hold on. I'm frantically Googling. They don't have, like, superhero movies, which seems to be, like, the only yeah. thing getting released. Yeah. See, big 20th century studio movies. So, like, Avatar, for instance. Uh, all this... Okay. I don't know what will happen with Avatar, because this deal might, you know, end before then. But let's say, you know, the new Avatar movie is supposed to come out later this year, right? If it releases into the cinema, then its its streaming debut, by contract, is going to be on HBO Max, right? So... Uh, that's because of the pre-existing deal. But the thing is, HBO Max is owned by Discovery Warner. Um, and so essentially what, what Fox and Disney have to do is they have to send one of their prize properties to their competition because of a pre-existing contract, right? And so all of the money that they think that they should be making by debuting Avatar on, say, Hulu or Disney+, Plus, wherever they want to send it, instead they have to send it over to Warner Brothers, Right. The one way that you can get around this is by not giving the movie a theatrical release. Oh. And that is what happened with Prey, right? Oh. So if they had released it into the theater, if it had shown in a single theater, they would then have to send it to HBO Max before they could put it on Hulu or Disney+. Plus. Interesting. So what they decided to do was not send it to the theater at all and send it straight to their own streaming platform. What a fucking nightmare we live in right now. Yeah. As far as movies go. It is. Well, you, it's just money, right? Everything is yeah. financial. And, I mean, it really is. That is. And money. It always has been. Yeah. But I think I think it's getting exacerbated right now. I couldn't yeah. tell you exactly why, but that's kind of how I feel about it. So anyways, this leads to the Hulu premiere of Prey a couple weeks ago. Now, you know, it seems like they, they, they are trying to sell this also as like, well, we want to establish Hulu as a place that like has good movies, right? Because Netflix, uh, quality notwithstanding, they've had some pretty big film premieres yeah. in the last couple of years, right? Like Things, the Gray Man, and yeah, or others. E- you know, even The Irishman or Roma, oh, sure, yeah. stuff like that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of things. That yeah, you they would... really went into the like um, prestige movie space yeah. for a second. It's it doesn't over. Seem to be that way. Yeah, yeah, it's over now. Now they are in the. Uh, terrible $200 million blockbuster space. (laughs) Um, But anyways, Hulu hasn't really gotten a lot of traction with that sort of stuff. They've had some small successes, movies like Palm Springs. Um, Mm -hmm. But but for the most part, they hadn't had like a big Hulu movie. So they kind of figured, well, maybe we can kill two birds with one stone here if Prey does well. And it did. Prey is the biggest premiere... I think it's already maybe the most successful property they've ever had on Hulu. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's done well. It's it's impossible to kind of port those numbers over to what box office would look like. Right. But for Hulu, at least, it's the biggest and most successful thing they've ever put on the platform. Um, okay. So that's a lot of business stuff. Um, as far as the, the movie itself... Um, this this thing was born, believe it or not, 
during the production of The Predator. So as much as this movie, to me, feels a little bit like a like a reaction to what The Predator was uh-huh. and maybe moving in a different direction, it was actually pitched to the producer uh, of all The Predator movies, John Davis, by Dan Trachtenberg, the director, uh, and the writer of this movie... Um, whose name is uh, blah, 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 Patrick Ason, or A-I-S-O-N. Not, not exactly sure how we pronounce that. Ason or Ison. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they pitched it to John Davis while The Predator was still in production. So they were just like, hey, next movie? What about something like this? And it got the green light, right? Um, yeah, because to me, I-, I agree with you. It feels like it's a hard... Not a hard reboot of the series, yeah. but it's just like, hey, let's just do something completely yeah. different with this thing. Definitely like a pivot in a different direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Dan Trachtenberg, his biggest thing up to this point is 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you I think like of it. that one? Yeah, you liked I it? really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a solid movie for sure. And it's, it mm-hmm. is very interesting now that his two... Uh, feature films are 10 Cloverfield Lane and Prey, it's also like, it's very much in the same lane as like a, it is a sequel to an established property that mm-hmm. tonally is kind of taking a different approach than than maybe what, you know, had previously worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you don't know, Ten- Cloverfield obviously is the found footage giant monster movie that's rampaging through, I don't know, my I think it's New York, York or something. Yeah. No. And then 10 Cloverfield Lane is a bit more mysterious, and it's John Goodman holding uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead um, captive yeah. in a, a house, and he's claiming there's some sort of invasion going on. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, because they don't really even tie it to the Cloverfield franchise until late no. in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a decent movie, and I think it's worth checking out. And I will say, I've never seen Cloverfield. Um, oh really? Yeah, I, I liked just, Cloverfield. Okay, maybe I'll check it out sometime. I just didn't really found footage when when that movie came out. I was like, I don't ever need to see another found footage movie for the rest of my life. Yeah, I get that. I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like big impossible monsters. Yeah, I, I like sort of like the uh, the unknowable cosmic mm-hmm. horror kind of monsters, and that in this one is sort of that. Yeah, it's, it's just like a big creep crazy thing it's definitely yeah it's an interesting conceit and i think i'll get around to it because i think my antipathy towards found footage has cooled a little bit as it's fallen fallen out of style um so trachtenberg uh and azen pitch this and they get it they get the go-ahead basically um i think they already had a script if they didn't have a script they had you know the full sort of like uh pitch i don't know what else you'd really call it um so it went into production during covid times uh as did pretty much everything that we're watching uh these days um although i think we're finally i mean it is we're still in covid times right (laughs) like yeah technically (laughs) technically i think we always will be yeah the cdc wants you to believe otherwise (laughs) um But, uh, yeah, so everything coming out these days was made in COVID times. Um, it was shot, we were just talking about this before, it was shot in uh, or in around uh, the Alberta province of Canada. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, immediately, you know, people who are real sticklers for, for historical accuracy will say, well, that's not Comanche territory. Um, it's, uh, I want to say, I had this written down and then I lost it in my notes. It's a different tribe altogether. It was a uh, Sioux? Um, let's see. Let's actually check. The I think the Sioux were in the plains. I know that. Alberta indigenous tribes. What do we got? Oh, well, there's 45. Blackfoot and Cree are the big ones. Oh, uh, cool. Up there. Um, and then, yes, so the Comanche uh, tribe was mostly southern plains, right? So I think this movie, yeah. they want us to believe it takes place more kind of in that, like, Oklahoma, Nebraska area. Yeah, like Larry Lonesome Dove territory. Yeah, yeah. When in reality, it's, you know, it was shot a little further north. It's neither here nor there. Now, what I will say is, uh, you know, the movie's gotten a fair amount of credit uh, for attention to historical detail for the most part. Uh, They brought on uh, a producer um, whose name is, again, I'm being bad at my notes today because uh, my entire week has been frantic and insane. Um, Let's find this producer's name. (laughs) While you're doing that, (laughs) while you're doing that, I want to give a shout out to the dog in the movie, Coco. Coco. Apparently, they describe as a hot mess because <laughs> it's the type of dog is historically accurate to uh, like the Comanche mm-hmm. tribe, but they're not very easy to train in a movie dog way. Yes. So they had, it was, they said it very sweet, very nice, but she was uh, a little very hi- hard, little hyper. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you know that she was a shelter dog that was adopted no. specifically to work on the movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like she was adopted by a family, but like they, with the, with the purpose of like, they needed to cast a dog in this movie. And so they got a shelter dog to do it, which is awesome. But again, more, even more sort of reason why maybe she was a little bit less, uh, professionally (laughs) trained. Right. Um, She reminded me of my old dog Bowser. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Similar. Yeah. He had a little, well, it's, they call it, uh, I think American dingo. Um, yeah, he did have like a dingo look to him. Yeah. yeah. But yes, this dog rules. Um, so, uh, the name I was looking for is Jane Myers, J H A N E. And she is a member of both the Comanche and Blackfeet tribes. And so she was a producer on the movie and, uh, you know, a lot of her purview was making sure that, that this was historically accurate, um, that it was accurate to the sort of the culture and the traditions of the Comanche tribe, and um, and and so far it seems like the the public response has been they did a pretty good job. Um, mm. There hasn't been a uh, to my knowledge there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, sort of negative uh, reaction around uh, not from that camp. I think from <laughs> the, oh yeah from the, the incel same kind of camp, people who yeah. complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the incels, the racists. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> dare we say Trump supporters? Uh, <laughs> not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, wouldn't it be? I, I I feel like other podcasts I listen to have made this same joke, but it's like it is insane to imagine that someone had made it to this episode of our show, 
And then, <laughs> and then I make, I cast an aspersion about Trump supporters and they're like, what? This is, I have to unsubscribe now. <laughs> it's also funny to have supporters of a former president. <laughs> it's like, it's so amazing to me that he still has rallies. Yeah. And it, it's like, he's not the president anymore. Guys, yeah. move on. I mean, same can be said for the fucking Hillary Clinton people. Too. Sure. Like, I know there's talks of both of them rerunning in a couple of years. I don't see that happening. Right? Yeah. Maybe. Let's, I don't know. We'll see. Good God. Let's anyway. hope not. Yeah. I will, I'll say that with, with regards to, to what you're saying, I feel like it's a lot easier today to explain to people what cult of personality means. Yeah. Because uh, we have like the most shining example in American history. Yes. Um, Yes. Okay. So anyways, um, all this talk about um, accuracy, um, there's also, a lot of people may know this, they, they created a what is called the Comanche dub of this movie. Yeah, um, I saw that. I didn't watch it, but I, yeah. I saw that it existed. So it's, it's I, when I first heard about it, I said, oh my God, that sounds really cool. Then I learned more about it, and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, but also less cool than I thought it was. Um, so there are, they, they do a little bit of a, it's kind of the hunt for red October thing. Uh Um, if people aren't familiar in that movie, basically the first five minutes of the movie, all the Russians characters speak Russian and then they just start speaking English and stay in English for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. And they do something a little bit similar here. The movie, the movie kicks off with our main characters, uh, speaking Comanche, and then very quickly pivots over to English and stays there for the most part. Did you have um, a moment of panic where you're like, oh, shit, the subtitles, the subtitles? Because <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, anytime somebody, when you're never sure, it, when you're not sure if somebody's speaking a different language, um, if it's intentional or if you just don't have subtitles turned on. Right. Yeah, uh, I get. I have a moment of panic. Yeah, no, uh, I think I was in whatever setting I needed to be, and and I felt serene about my viewing experience. But, um, so yeah, the Comanche dub essentially is you know it's a it's like a foreign language dub, but all everything is in Comanche, and when they are speaking English, it's dubbed over by the actors. So they did it with the the, the actors from oh. the movie. So that's, Interesting. you know, that's what makes it a little more legit than maybe just like your regular foreign language dub. Um, but I thought for, for a hot minute that they had actually like shot the scenes speaking Comanche. Sure, like a Comanche version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, unfortunately not the case. Also, I mean, I don't speak Comanche. I speak English, so it's cool. Uh, almost is sort of like a tribute and a novelty kind of thing, but practically speaking, I'm I'm glad that I got to watch it in English. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. It's like, how woke can I get? Come on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what else do we need to know? Our our main cast uh, really just consists of three of three actors. Um, there are you know there's a supporting cast as well, um, but our protagonist Naru. Uh, she is played by Amber Midthunder, mm-hmm. um, known uh, for her work in Legion and uh, Roswell, New Mexico, which I think was the CW follow-up to Roswell. To Roswell. Yeah. Um, she's also on Longmire and Banshee in smaller roles. So she's been doing the TV thing. Let me ask you this. Uh, I, I'm going to guess if you've seen any of those shows, it would be Legion. Did you watch Legion? 
I did watch the first season of Legion. I, I don't know if she's in. I can't remember. She, she is in, in the first season, and I and yeah, I and I recognized so. her uh, almost immediately. Not from Legion, but I saw her and I was like, I know her. What do I know her from? And it was yeah, Legion. same. Yeah, yeah, I had to look it up, but. Yeah, and also similarly, I watched the first season, and then I think I watched two episodes of the second season, and I stopped. And I did like the first season quite a bit. I loved the first season. Yeah. I heard, th- I didn't bother with the second season because I heard almost immediately it goes crazy and yeah. into bad. It becomes bad. Yeah, yeah. I can't speak to the quality because I didn't watch enough, but I can confirm it's fucking crazy and kind of difficult to follow. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first season's sort of that, but it's very cool. Yeah. And you appreciate the swings, but then I heard it just kind of falls off from there. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Um, so uh, her brother, uh, who I believe his name is Tab, um, T A A B, is played by Dakota Beavers, um, who is pretty much debuting in this. I think he's more. He was kind of a musician. Um, I read a cute article in GQ that. Uh, I think within the the year before uh, being cast in this, he was working at TJ Maxx. Um, wow, that was his that was his main thing. That was his his, his main <laughs> gig. Um, and uh, yeah, so he plays her older brother. Although I will say he's actually three years younger than her. Um, so not magic s- of movies. Yeah, so much for the accuracy of this film, uh, right out the window. Um, and then lastly, we have our Predator, uh, played by former college basketball player and European uh, professional player, Dane DeLiegro. Dane DeLiegro. God damn it. <laughs> wow. I couldn't tell if your camera was glitching. Or no. <laughs> no, it's my fucking brain. Uh, Dane DeLiegro. Dane, Dane DeLiegro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so he's he's about six foot nine, uh, wow, uh, slender gentleman, um, perfect to uh, squeeze into a predator suit, um, yeah, and uh, and that's our that's our deal basically. Um, what else? I always I always do this, and then I'm like, what else do I usually say? Did I forget something big? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think let's uh, let's move on to uh, recapping and talking about our feelings. Okay. And then we can talk about the movie. Okay, we do. Uh, let's do all of that. I'm uh, I'm up for any and all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Be right back. <laughs> Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. From what? (laughs) 
It's time. In 1719 in the Great Plains, Naru, a young Comanche woman trained as a healer, dreams of becoming a great hunter like her brother, Tabe. While tracking deer with her dog, Sari, uh, Sari? Yeah. yeah, I think Sari. She witnesses a predator spacecraft in the clouds, which she likens to the Thunderbird, and takes this as a sign to prove herself. Tabe agrees to bring her to join the search party for the mountain lion that attacked one of the tribe's hunters, but only so she can provide medical treatment if they find the hunter alive. They retreat, they retrieve the wounded hunter and depart, though Tabe stays behind to find and kill the big cat. Finding unusual tracks and a meticulously skinned rattlesnake, Naru circles back with Pake and finds Tabe. Together, the three set a trap for the mountain lion, but it kills Pake. Naru faces off with the big cat on the branch of a tree, but falls and strikes her head after being distracted by strange sounds and lights in the distance. She wakes up in her family home, having been carried back by Tabe. He later returns to the village with uh, returns to the carriage. Sorry, returns to the village carrying the dead mountain lion. A typo in that was really throwing me I see me that. Off. Yeah, it's, I, we were on a roll with this synopsis. I was like, oh, this is a good one. Uh, but there was a typo in it. Earning him the title of war chief. Convinced of a greater threat, Naru departs with Sari. After coming across a herd of skinned bison, they are attacked by a grizzly bear. The bear is killed by the predator, giving Naru time to escape before running into a group of Comanche sent to find her. The predator ambushes and kills them in combat, while Naru is caught in a foothold trap. The predator leaves as she is no longer a threat. French voyagers responsible for killing and skinning the bison find Naru and cage her. Their translator, Raphael Adolini, questions Naru about the predator with those species with whose species he is familiar. When she refuses to talk, the lead voyo, vo, how do you say voyageur. It? Voyageur reveals that he has Tabe captive and tortures him before using both siblings as bait for the predator. While tied to a tree, Tabe admits to his sister that she had weakened the mountain lion, enabling him to kill it. The predator kills most of the Frenchmen, while Tabe and Naru escape. Naru rescues Sari from the camp and stumbles across a dying Raphael, who teaches her how to use his flintlock pistol in exchange for medical treatment for his severed leg. Naru gives him herbs that reduce his body heat to staunch the bleeding. 
When the predator arrives, Raphael plays dead, and Naru realizes that the creature cannot see him. After it steps on Raphael, he screams, at which point the predator kills him. Tabe arrives on horseback to rescue Naru. Together they weaken the predator, but it kills Tabe. Naru flees and finds a surviving lead Frenchman. She knocks him out, severs one of his legs, and gives him an unloaded gun before eating the herbs to hide her body heat, baiting the predator to kill the voyage. <laughs> voyeur. Voyageur. 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 I keep wanting to say voyeur. I know you do, you fucking perv. <laughs> she uses Raphael's pistol to ambush the creature, knocking off its laser targeting mask. She steals the device and flees into the woods. Naru lures the predator into a mud filled bog pit before using the creature's mask to turn its own projectile weapon against it, killing the predator instantly. Naru severs its head and paints her face with its glowing green blood. She brings the head and the flintlock pistol back to her tribe. They honor her victory by declaring Naru a war chief. A hide painting in the end credits, end credits depicts three Predator spaceships arriving in Comanche ter territory. Okay. There you go. That is the recap of Prey. Blood and Guts check. This is a first time watch for both of us. Mm. Brand new movie. Uh, who shall go first? Uh, I feel like I usually go first. I talked a Let's lot in the opening intro. I think you should. Yeah. You should go first this time. Okay. I thought this was a whiz bang movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very lean and mean, and um, looks great. And uh, I I watched it not on the best condition, where I was like tired, uh -huh. and I was texting with you of like, hey, do you want to watch Prey this weekend while we're in the cabin together? And you're like, I already watched it. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I gotta start it at 10 o'clock when I'm really tired. Yeah, really screwed and you. so I was like, I was like, eh, this isn't gonna go great for me. But I, I was completely sucked in, and I and I really enjoyed it. Uh, what about yourself, Mike? Um, <clears throat> I thought this, I also think this is a very good movie. Um, it, there are, are a couple things, one one big thing in particular that I do not like about this movie that is sort mm -hmm. of pervasive and, and repeats. However, I would say that it's, it's, it's one thing that doesn't work stacked up against a whole lot of things that do. So... So overall, my my impression and my feelings about the movie are, are are very positive. I thought I thought this was great. I really think it's it's uh, we're sort of in a uh, in a in a good time for for legacy sequels and and yeah. reboots because um, it's I mean it's everything. So you know when you get to a point where the entire uh, landscape is saturated with nothing but that sort of stuff eventually some things are going to start hitting um yeah yeah i i really appreciated the full restart of just mm -hmm. this is a new brand new location brand new time frame brand new kind of main character uh it wasn't a wise cracking group of psychos right <laughs> which we got for most of these movies yeah uh, obviously to great effect in the first mm -hmm. one um it, it but it felt true to the original mostly very much like, so. I really i think i think it, this is you know some people talk about how you could just skip you can skip certain movies mm -hmm. in a way like 
if you are not going to watch the full series, you could watch the first one and this one. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, wow. just because it's a prequel, it works that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and there's a little bit of a Easter egg payoff here uh, to Predator mm-hmm. 2, um, which we can talk about in a second. But but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, that it's... Um, you know, there's a lot of people saying similar things on the internet, but it, it's it's I think it's a wise approach to making uh, to making a sequel um, because I think you know the thing about the success of the first Predator to me is it's a it's a great great concept um, and then it's really well directed. And, and mm-hmm. they managed to yeah. kind of hit the jackpot in terms of casting. And I think that, that this movie um, kind of takes advantage of the strengths. Uh, like, like it repeats, uh, it, not in terms of plot necessarily, but it repeats. It, it learned the, the right things from the success of the original film. It's, yeah. it's like the polar opposite of The Predator, which... Was, is it, it takes all the wrong lessons away and and focuses on all the wrong things in terms of yeah. of making a sequel and here you just have you have very uh, able directing you have uh, I'll just say right now I think some incredible action sequences really great yeah. action sequences like uh, I you know this is not uh, the only factor in our rankings so this is not a spoiler in any sense but I will say I think outside of the first movie this is the best. Uh, these are the best sort of action sequences of anything in the series. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, also, I was a little bit nervous coming into it that it wouldn't look great mm-hmm. because I think in the initial trailer, yeah. I don't remember what I think what we even reacted to wasn't in the movie. Um, I remember like either a bear or or something being lifted up. Yeah, what, it is in the movie, it? and um, it is. Mm-hmm. There's the, was it like Predator picking up? The yeah, bear? at the end of the Predator bear fight. Um, yeah, uh, for some reason I remember it being levitated or something. Uh, well, the predator is in its his cloaking armor, so. God, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. so it made more sense in context of the scene than it did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought that didn't look great in the trailer, but it didn't even phase me. Okay. In, in well, this. The, and also the look of the movie, yeah. I think, so that looks pretty great. This is a, a good segue for me. So, I will say that that, and I'm hearing I'm, I'm hearing some people agree with me and. A lot of people not saying anything, which I think is is you know fine. Not everybody needs to agree with me on this. I think that this movie has lovely cinematography uh, mm-hmm. and and direction, great visual direction. Uh, we talk a lot about John McTiernan and his sort of geography of action and and blocking, and I think that Dan Trachtenberg does a similar. He's not quite at McTiernan level, but he does a really good job here. I mm-hmm. think that the Digital effects in this movie are bad. I th- really? Yeah, I think that they are low quality, even for, you know, I, I think that they suffer from a lot of the same stuff that we see in modern day, uh, late period Marvel movies, where it's just like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's if it's a financial burden, if it's a time thing, whatever it is, but but specifically... There are a lot of animals in this movie that are mm-hmm. all CGI, and I think they all look shitty. <laughs> I mean, animals are hard. They are in CGI. Yeah. Even, even in some of the like best movies, movies, uh, animals are hard. 
fire and animals like they yeah. just can't seem to get um yeah they didn't i guess i was just like kind of invested sure. so i didn't didn't even really register with me yeah i mean and i think everybody you know has a different experience and and it, i i i don't think that if it didn't fully take me out of the movie but uh <clears throat> the the wildcat um the there's a, a hare or a rabbit early in the movie there's an extensive mm-hmm. sequence with this bear and it's like the bear looks like a cartoon to me it's it's hmm. you know and the thing is i've complained about this before uh we i think we were talking about predators uh in terms of that jungle and and, and basically my you know one of my sort of uh peccadillas or i don't know if that's the right word whatever you want to call it um about the use of cgi is it, it works better if you're creating uh fantastical extraordinary things it works sure it, it doesn't sure. work as well when you're trying for ultra realism and you know i know that there's an argument to be made from like a sort of ethical standpoint that it's better to use cgi animals than animals at all it's certainly easier and cheaper for production but it's like mm-hmm. you know for for decades upon decades we were able to have films with real animals and they and it looked good and now they look like shit um yeah, and uh, and I think the bear the bear sequence in particular is what bumps me the most because it is a big set piece and it's a cool fight, but it's just like I it looks like this guy's fighting fucking Yogi Bear. What? I'm just laughing about a movie we watched this weekend with a bear, someone in a bear <laughs> costume. State State <laughs> Park. We watched a movie called State Park, yeah. which if I can find it, I will play the uh, opening credits music for it in between. <laughs> if it's not, it might, I couldn't find it. Might it might sound familiar to some folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, so, sorry. Uh, I was going to say there's a couple, of, uh, both a criticism mm-hmm. and something I sort of appreciated was they changed the look of the predator's yeah. face in mm-hmm. this one. Which I, on one hand, I was like, is that supposed to be because it's in the past and it's a less evolved mm. predator but then i was like that's not how evolution works baby like <laughs> 300 years isn't really enough yeah. so maybe maybe it's more of like this is just a different yeah what well, kind of well, i think predators at least established different sort of races of predators within yeah, within yeah. their uh you know species i guess yeah. um and i feel like this could be the same yeah i liked um the look of this predator, I think it was interesting. Like it's it's different enough that you can tell that you know they made some choices as to how it was going to look. And and I will say that I want to be clear that most of my complaints about CGI are directed towards these things like that are supposed to be these replacements for real things like animals. Right. I think right. I think the work they did with the predator. And his weaponry and all that stuff—it's it, fine. It works fine for me. Yeah. Um, We've got some good weapons in this. We one. do. Uh, also, I will say, just to give credit to the director and the people who worked on this, I know that a lot of the Predator was practical. Like there's a full, like yeah. they did small CGI sort of uh, augmentations. Kind of yeah, but uh, but for the most part, it is Dane DeLiegro in a suit. So and I think, and I think it pays dividends. Uh, so we say, we finally yeah. got a really cool net death. Yeah, which I was a big fan of in Predator Two. That's like my favorite weapon of mm-hmm. the Predator. That one was kind of a tease, though, and this this feels yeah. like the they delivered on it. 
They did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I love that the predator shoulder cannon shoots like arrows, essentially. Mm-hmm. That I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah. Um, kind of. As as like a de heightening in right a way. fits in with the with the whole setting also you know yeah um we haven't talked about it much yet uh acting oh yeah i think amber mid thunder and dakota beavers are both great great uh in one of my one of my notes is this is the most human cast of any predator movie yeah like just realistic people (laughs) you know (laughs) right not a bunch of like muscle bound freaks (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely more uh, hitting the Adrian Brody side of things, right? Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I and, and, and I'm I I just I'm not just saying, oh yeah, they're great. It's like I they're actually very good. They both they both do a really good job uh, with something mm-hmm. that could be, uh, it would be easy to overplay. Um, or to just like sort of, it's it's tough to ground something like this in in realism, yes. and I and I think they're very successful, and I think that's a credit to them and to Dan Trachtenberg. And I, I think a lot a, a large part of that is not playing to the stereotypes and not trying to, you know, old it, up, mm-hmm. make it seem old. Like this is how they must have talked. They kind of just play it normally, yeah. like like how people talk now. Yeah, they talk like a brother which, and a sister, you know. Yeah, uh, I appreciated that. You you know you don't want the stereotypical like halted way of speaking because they're not even they're speaking their own language. Right. You know like they the you know um the dope. I thought the helmet was dope too. The 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 new predator yeah. like bone helmet, sort of a skull mask, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and we get more of this laser targeting that it, it's like I'm trying to remember where in the series did they kind of establish that. That the helmet does the targeting. Is it Alien versus Predator? I actually don't remember. Because I think like there is a there is a time. It might even be Predator too. It's definitely not the first one. But there's a point in the series no. where a human figures out how to use the, the helmet. helmet as like a targeting device, basically. Yeah, where was that? I don't remember. Help us out, listeners. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, uh, maybe there will be some people in the future, who knows how long in the future, who are listening to the whole Predator franchise from the start, and they've jumped ahead to this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe you're listening to this right after you finish listening to us tear the Predator a new asshole, which it totally deserved. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let us know. Where where does that start up? Um, um, I think this was a very satisfying final fight. Absolutely between the predator and uh, what's her name? Naru. Naru. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great action sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to wade too much into the internet discourse on this, but you did you did sort of nod to the predictable people who had uh, yeah. sort of objections to this movie, uh, trying to mask it as anything other than I don't like that the protagonist is a woman or a member <laughs> of, uh, you know, or an indigenous American or anything else. It's just like, yeah, we know you're sexist and racist and that's your thing. Yeah. Um, you can try really hard to justify it in some other way, but one of the funny, we know, sorry. we know you'd rather see an Ubermensch yeah. uh, or, or like a, 
What, what's what's the word that I'm looking for? The the Nietzschean. Uh, yeah, is it Uber Yeah, yeah, yeah it Uber is. Yeah. yeah, you got it. We we know you'd rather see him fight a predator, <laughs> but hey. Yeah, I just more representation of Aryan. Uh, sort of yeah. <laughs> uh, Adonises is what we need. Um, but anyways, they, they, there was some very funny bits of people grasping at straws on the internet, complaining about, it's like, well, how does this small woman defeat the predator? And it's like, and, and, and then and almost citing the original film as, as a defense, as like, you know, it took uh, the, the best trained soldier in the world to defeat the predator which takes all the wrong lessons away from the first movie right yeah because the predator easily dispatches an entire uh you know team yes and the only way that he's defeated in the end is by arnold essentially going back to basics and and using you know his his brain and and his survival skills uh, in like very basic traps. Yeah, yeah, which is what makes this like even before I ever saw this movie, I'm like that's fucking genius because yeah, who could actually go toe to toe with a predator? And I think it would be someone who hunts for survival mm-hmm. and lives off the land and 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 essentially just is uh, like these characters, Naru and Tabe, like they truly are like they're kind of they're the the most qualified people imaginable in that way in in the way that that you know dutch defeats the predator in the first movie mm-hmm. like the, this literally these are the people that i'd be like yeah they probably have the best shot of all the humans i've ever i i know of yeah i did see a tweet of somebody being like it took a whole team of military <laughs> experts to take down the predator in the first one it's like no it didn't he killed them all <laughs> yeah. except for one <laughs> yeah um Something else that I think uh, is just a really clean, nice little allegory um, that works here that, that, that I don't think they hit over the head too hard is this idea that Naru is ultimately successful because the Predator treats her the same way that, uh, to a certain degree, the men in her tribe treat her. Sure. And yep. that uh, women are frequently treated by men today, which is just this idea of being underestimated. Um, dismissed dismissed yeah absolutely and that is how she ultimately defeats him because he does not see her as a threat um i also really loved the the like french fur traders being bad guys like that's it was so fun to see the the predator tear them yeah it's it is nice it's it's to to just give you a whole cast of essentially red shirts that you can just like without any qualms just see them all get murdered and kind of enjoy it um, yep. And I will say that that I think for me, you know, talking about great action sequences, I think you mentioned the ending, um, that the final showdown between Naru and the Predator is great. Uh, I also think it, it, it and, and this is what you're talking about. The, it, the movie ends really well. The third act is super strong. You get mm-hmm. these great set pieces because you also have not, you know, the scene where sadly Tabe, uh, you know, bites it in in the battle mm-hmm. but when it's naru and tabe versus the predator it's super satisfying um and then like you're talking about the voyageurs the when they are uh sort of trapped as bait uh and yeah. the predator just dismantles the entire 
uh, <laughs> sort of the collection of shitty fur traders. It's it's awesome. It really and it is very CGI heavy. And like I said, it's I'm not I'm not this blanket. All CGI is bad. I think they do a great job with the sequence, and it's mostly yeah. CGI stuff. Um, a lot of great like kills in that sequence. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's shot really well. Um, yeah, so just in general, like I said, you know, I I I have my one big complaint that. To be clear, I just don't think uh, is is nearly enough to like really knock this movie down particularly far. It's just I, I sort of just feel like obliged to uh, be honest about what works and what doesn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 mostly, I think it's it's a big success. All right, well, let's let's uh, bring this baby home. Okay. For uh, for kills, we got the dude who gets murked by a mountain lion. I didn't. It was hard. The names are hard. Uh, the other dude who gets a uh, predator arrowed. A guy gets his arm cut off and decapitated. Uh, another one who gets his legs cut off and pinned to a tree. <laughs> um, somebody bites it in a field. <laughs> a, a couple of uh, I wrote cabaqua. Yeah. I don't know if that's, uh, but I'm, I'm going to yeah. say that a couple of cabaqua off. Before I forget, uh, that field sequence is awesome too, and and you know yeah. they plug that in a lot of the trailers with good reason. It's 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 really it's well shot. It's great tension building. It's super cool. Uh, cabaqua gets his head impaled. Uh, one dude gets net shredded. <laughs> um, head and tree decapitation. Oh yeah, a tree gets sliced in half along with somebody's head. Um, a rick, someone gets ricocheted and killed, like a bullet ricochets and kills. Uh, he shoots at the predator and it shoots right, back at right. him and he dies. Uh, we got the exploding disc that takes out a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, she kills a bunch of dudes. The brother self sacrifices himself, and then the captured uh, bait French guys get murked. Uh, and then I guess finally the predator himself. What was your favorite death? Beth's kill. Man, um, that's a toughie. Um, it is a toughie because they're all pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't think any of them particularly stand mm-hmm. out amongst each other. Yeah, because one thing I will say is that that I think um, this movie takes a little bit of of its notes or from the, there's this sort of John Wick style of action uh-huh. where it's like, you know, you talk about the scene where she kills a bunch of people. I think she she kills like four dudes in a span of like forty five seconds. Um, yes, it's yes, it is. John Wick is a great yeah. uh, re, um, example. Yeah, same same with all the French guys eating it. Um, so you know, I like it. I think it works really well. It does have a little bit of a dampening effect in terms of individual kills. Right. Yes. yes. Um, so I think I mean the one that left the biggest impact on me. I will leave for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say it. I'll just say it now. It's the net shredder, yeah. which is uh, you know I lamented in Predator Two. I thought the net was the coolest weapon, mm-hmm. and it, we don't really get to see it used properly. And in this one, you do. Yeah. So I'll say um, that uh, again. Talking about influences on this movie, this is one that that in an interview I confirmed was an influence for Dan Trachtenberg, but. But I'll say that sequence where Naru kills the four guys, we finally get to really see her put into action her hatchet that she has tied to a rope. Oh, it's, that's a dope weapon. Which is really cool and uh, felt a lot like, uh, reminded me of, of, of the game God of War, 
Um, uh huh. And apparently that is uh, that was an inspiration in terms of action uh, oh, cool. for Dan Trachtenberg. He talks about that in an interview that 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 was something that he like liked and and was sort of trying to emulate to a certain degree. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, because there's a kind of retrievable weapon in that game as well. Um, yeah, that it, it's almost like scorpions. Yeah, like get over the here, spear. Rope thing. Yeah, yeah, very satisfying. Um, okay, moments that didn't age well. I mean, honestly, this movie just came out. <laughs> it would be almost impossible to say something didn't age well. Yeah, I guess we could say the CGI. Yeah. in your case. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a rough era for CGI, and I, I mean that. It's you know, uh, right now is a bad time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been better in recent years, but uh, there's something going on, kind of Hollywood wide, that that there's just some slapdash CGI making it to the screen, and we do get some of that here. On the John Carpenter fear meter, hmm, it's a little more of an action movie. It's more of an action, which movie, yeah. which is in keeping with you know the origins of the franchise. But yeah, I would say it's not super scary. Uh, no, it's got some good tense moments. It's exciting. It is, yeah. Uh, something something right down the middle, probably for me. Uh, yeah. What do you think? A five or a four? Five. Five. five, five, five works for it me. It would frighten a child. <laughs> That's why it's a good. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's maybe yeah. A decent yeah, barometer. this one was. A, I was like, oh, should I have shown this to Elliot? But no, it's a little too gory mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Um. All right. Finally, wed, bed, or behead. Um. I'll take. The, yeah. No, you know what? You go first. Okay. I'll go first. Um. This movie is a great example of how to do. Uh, a sequel, not just a not just a legacy sequel. The way we talk about that stuff now, just in general. I mean, you when you've got a good property, um, there's there's something very sort of uh, it's kind of a no brainer thing where it's just like, well, what's just a cool different setting we can place this central hook in, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really something that this series never quite successfully hit on until now predator 2 is the closest i think in terms of its conception which is just like well what if we took the predator and moved it to near future los angeles and it's like and what did you get you got a pretty good movie mm-hmm. and here it's like oh what if we took the predator and took it to the 1700s and uh you know like 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 squared him off against uh, some comanche warriors and what do you get pretty good movie um great acting uh, really, honestly, I mean, I have to give props because I complain about it so much in other movies. Great action choreography. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's really well directed. It's really well shot. The CGI kind of sucks. Uh, what are you going to do? Nothing's perfect. Um, and also, uh, this isn't really part of my evaluation, but just so I don't forget, we're talking about the nod to Predator 2, Raphael Adelini. And his oh, yeah. his flintlock pistol. That is oh, shit. that is the gun that the Predator Elder hands to Danny Glover at the end of Predator Two. Oh shit! I did not put that together. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's dope. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's a cool little tie-in, and again, they don't go too hard with it. And I, I think that's that's maybe a good way to sort of wrap up my feelings on this movie they they they, there's a deft touch with everything i think they Mm -hmm. you know it's easy to overdo certain things uh and and i think that there's a lot of restraint 
and skill on display here uh, in front of and behind the camera. So an easy wed for me. So you said a lot of what I've already communicated and what I also think about the movie. So I'll, I'll keep my statements brief. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great action. Really great performances. Uh, looks beautiful. You know, aside from the CGI, which I truthfully didn't even really register with me. So par for the course these days. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this this is definitely a wed for me. It, I really had a great time. I want to watch it again with my wife this time. She was in bed. I think she would enjoy it too. Uh, so two thumbs up for Prey. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, it, it's so I think it, you know we have an interesting job ahead of us now because mm-hmm. after the break uh, we need to reevaluate our rankings of the Predator franchise and figure out where this very good movie lands. Yeah, we'll be right back. back mike why don't you give us a brief rundown of the predator series so people have it fresh in their brains sure uh yeah so if you're not just coming straight from our uh the predator and wrap-up episode this is this is the rundown of the series okay so we have 1987's predator the one that started it all starring arnold schwarzenegger predator 2 comes three years later that's the one in near future los angeles that i referenced starring danny glover then we have a long time off 20 years uh before we get a an official predator sequel but in the meantime we have the crossover films alien versus predator in 2004 uh this based on essentially a comic book that had been running for many years uh and then aliens versus predator requiem comes three years later um alien versus predator is funky that's the one that sort of takes place in the uh, arctic um the paul ws anderson yes paul ws anderson and then requiem takes place in like a colorado town um then we jump back to the official predator series like sort of canonical uh we have uh 2010's predators that's the one that takes place on uh an alien planet with a group of uh sort of a dirty dozen type situation with a bunch of uh killers led by mm-hmm. adrian brody uh, <laughs> who a yoked out adrian brody <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um the former uh last film in the series 2018's the predator written and directed by Shane Black, who who did work on, uh, you know, script doctoring for the first film and also is in the cast of that one. Um, 
And uh, then this, the most recent, four years later, Prey, 2022, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, streaming on Hulu right now. All right, so for our current rankings, we have from the bottom to the top, The Predator, um, Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator Requiem, Predators, Predator 2, and the OG Predator 1 as yeah. in our top spot. Mm-hmm. So now, where do we place Prey? Let's, um, let's begin the negotiations, because I'll be honest yeah. with you. I am not finished deciding yet. Um, so well, let, me, let me propose this. I think we can cleave the series in twain. Yes. Um, we, we have an intensely shitty movie in The Predator that may be yes. many, many decades before it is bested on this list. <laughs> uh, I think also pretty easy to say that both of the AVP films far lower quality than this right oh absolutely so so that's kind of like you have those three at the bottom and then the good movies in this series previously we have predators predator 2 and predator right Mm -hmm. so i feel like we kind of start the conversation in the middle there right Yeah, i agree with that. this movie leaps easily over the predator and the avp films and now how high does it climb well Um, i will say if we're going to go from the top, it is not better. That's not where I was going to go, but that's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I was going to yeah. say, I mean, to me, it's it's hmm. it's in between. All right, go ahead. You, you, you go no, ahead. no, I want to hear what you think. I was just proposing how high does it climb. I think that's fine. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Well, I'm going to say it's yeah. not going to outrank the first one. No, no. I, I, right. I think that's fair. Although I will understand certain people may feel differently um, because... You know, we've talked about this a little bit. There's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in uh, our love for for Predator, right? Uh-huh. It's also a hyper-masculine movie, right? Um, it, it sort of does feed into uh, what was big in the 80s, which was kind of like this uh, conservative guns and mm-hmm. men and muscles, and the only female character in that movie is... Uh, almost without speaking lines the entire time and sort of treated like a, like a, she's like a human MacGuffin that they just kind of drag around. Um, So if you're sitting there at home and you're saying, well, I could make an argument for prey being better than predator. I, I believe you, but I'm with Eric on this one. I do think that the first one still stands as the best in this series. Yeah. Uh, What do you, going the other direction, what do you think about prey versus predators? I think Prey is a better movie than Predators, which I think it suffers a little. It's a bit snarky. Mm-hmm. It's there's a. I remember like especially the middle of it is a little squishy mm-hmm. with like the Lawrence Fishburne character yeah. and all that. Um, and you don't have the lovable main characters. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I I I don't think I can really argue with any of that. And and yeah. I think I think like okay, so it's official. Yep. Predator uh, prey moves ahead of predators, so it's at least at worst it's third in this series. Now, when I said I hadn't finished deciding yet, um, this is the decision mm-hmm. that I am still waffling on. Is yes. this 
that is the it's yeah mine as well is this the second best or the third best movie in this series and i still don't know well let me say i have i do have a lot of affection for predator 2 mhm i do think the difference between predator 1 and predator 2 is pretty significant mm-hmm. i think in terms of quality i think predator 2 has some issues that yeah. I, i'm pretty sure we brought up in in our coverage of it i have a lot of nostalgia for it mm-hmm. um but i think if i'm being completely honest with myself yeah i think prey is a better movie and it just is it, in my reluctance mm-hmm. is kind of purely nostalgia reasons to place it above. Okay. That's interesting. I let me play devil's ad, advocate for a second. Is it is it nostalgia or is it context is it circumstance? Is it mm. that movies made in 1990 in the studio system then uh using the kind of technology that they used then uh does is it just easier to make a better movie in 1990 than it is now um like digital has given us a lot of flexibility right but also it's like we talked a lot about this environment of money right financial motivation uh you know things that are tossed off to go onto streaming services and is just like a me if you set out to make a middle of the road movie in 1990 is the finished product just going to be more enjoyable than a middle of the road movie in 2022 no yeah. i don't believe i actually don't believe that's true okay um no i, I and I, I wouldn't say this is a middle of the road movie. Either. No, I'm not saying I'm I'm using that as a as an example. Is it's just like are are you getting a boost from making your movie in 1990 versus 2022? I I don't think I don't think I believe I don't think I buy that to okay. be completely honest. It, um, and also like the it was hamstr- the Predator Two was kind of hamstrung by editing. Like it had to be. Some violence had to be taken out. So yeah. it's a little choppy in parts. It is too. choppy. I think that that is a, a big, fair criticism. Um, what about, like, 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 if we're just sort of looking at the quadrants. So how about acting? Danny Glover's very good. Mm-hmm. He, I think he gave, got my performance of the, of the series mm-hmm. when we ranked it. Um, if Bill you Paxton, were... also very good. Yeah. In a Bill Paxton-y kind of way. Mm-hmm. Gary Busey, Gary Busey, yeah. It's like it's it's kind of an apples and oranges situation. It is. They're very of, different. Yeah. A lot of Predator 2's performances are swinging for the fences. Like they quote, like you know, to use that phrase, they know what kind of movie they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, it's a much seri- more serious movie. Yeah. I th- it, Although yeah. not as grim as as Predator 2. Probably Predator not. Predator 2 is pretty dark. Yeah, I oh. agree. But yeah, it's like the, it is a different kind of movie for sure, right? Predator Two is trying to be uh, a sort of—I mean, it, I don't know how how to describe it exactly, but like a popcorn movie, right? And mm-hmm. and this is Prey is aiming for something a little bit different, which I think is a little more common these days. Which is like, I don't want to say that this is a gritty reboot, right? Um, 
But it, it is sort of, it shares some of the DNA that I don't know how far you want to track it back if it's Batman Begins or if it's even before that. But it's like, what if we take these popcorn properties and make them, like, prestigious, right? Elevate. Yeah, kind of elevated. Elevate yeah. Yeah. So so I do think apples and oranges is kind of the right way to put it. Um, what are you thinking? I you seem not to want to take a stance on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe that is what I'm thinking. Um, I, I think it's hard, it's hard because there's a recency thing happening, right? I've only watched, I've only watched Prey once. I've seen Mm -hmm. Predator 2 probably six or seven times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for the average viewer not necessarily the average kill streak listener but i think for the average viewer of films prey is a better movie i think that if you like things a little cheesy sometimes if you like your popcorn movies if you like your crazy performances from your gary Buseys and your practical effects and movies from the 80s and 90s then i could see predator 2 being more appealing than this um I know I I continue to sort of ride the fence right down the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to leave my my vote subject to change after I watch Prey a couple more times in the future. So maybe I'll check in. We can always revisit this. Maybe I'll check in in a few months and say, hey, you know, I I watched it some more times and, uh, and, and, and my mind has changed a little bit. But... Uh, you know, riding this recency high, I think, yeah, I think Prey is a better movie. I think I think it's hard. It's harder to make the argument against it than it is to make the argument for it. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty, pretty stunning praise for Prey yeah. that it unseats our number two. Yeah. Which is a movie that we both have a lot of affection for. Um and I agree. I, I agree. I think I think it it deserves its number two spot, and also would like to leave the door open to revisit it at some point. Because yes, I haven't seen this movie as much as I've seen the other, yeah, the other two. Um, mm-hmm. But as of right now, I have pretty high feelings for it, more so than part two. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. There's our new ranking, and I'll go down them quickly from the top to bottom: Predator, Prey, Predators Two. Predator 2, I'm sorry. Predators. Alien versus Predator Requiem. Alien versus Predator. And The Predator, which will forever be bringing up the rear. There is no way that's ever budging anywhere. Such a piece of shit. McKenna. <laughs> okay. My battery is running out, so I l- okay. let's make this quick. You know, yeah. you know our socials, killstreakpod at gmail.com, killstreakpod, Twitter, Instagram, write to us, leave us a voicemail. Um, we're returning back to Lucio Fulci's uh, Gates of Hell trilogy mm-hmm. next week, and we'll be covering the cemetery. No, the house by, house the, cemetery. by the cemetery. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Um, yeah, that one uh, is available on Shutter on Showtime uh, and uh, AMC Plus. So or Fubo. I don't know much about Fubo, but. Uh, not really either. It's not too hard to track down. You guys should be able to watch it. And as always, a long time ago, it is said, a monster came here. Mm-hmm.